Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, a show where we talk to experts who've taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have sailed around the world to those who've started thriving businesses and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy this show. This is episode 30 with One Wave is All It Takes founder, Grant Trebelko. This episode was brought to you by Toad Co., this awesome outdoor company out of Central California, which by the way, was named one of the best places to work by Outside Magazine, makes 90% of their clothing using eco-friendly materials, whether it's organic, plant-based, or recycled fabrics. Their products are also designed to go from the trail to the tavern, which is a huge bonus because who likes changing in multiple outfits when you're having a good time? One of my favorite programs they have is called Design for Good, where they take a portion of every single item they sell and put it towards exposing people with disabilities to life-changing trips in the outdoors. Their mission also aligns perfectly with having a wild idea worth living. Toad Co. is all about inspiring people to live life to their fullest. They're rabid supporters of following your passions and refusing to settle. They also promote real people doing good work. Check out all the amazing products, missions, and ambassadors of all abilities they support at toadandco.com. Grant Trebelko is the man behind the organization One Wave is All It Takes. They're a nonprofit that started in the ocean in Australia, and they're tackling mental health issues literally one wave at a time. Grant found a way to get people to surf instead of just in boring black wetsuits, in wild, bright, happy fluorescent colors, and in wearing such bright outfits surfing, it gets people talking about dark issues. They've helped a ton of people around the globe, in the surf, and on land. What I love about Grant is he's one guy who had a personal experience that he was willing to share, and from that, he's helped ignite a movement and cause so much change for good. Grant and I met a few years ago in Australia, and we've been lucky to surf there and even in San Diego. His story has been covered by the BBC and all the best media outlets, and he's got a great message and a great Kiwi accent. I hope you enjoy this show. It's a good one. All right, so today we have on Grant Trebelko, one of my favorite humans on this planet. Grant of One Wave is All It Takes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Shelby. How are you? I'm good. So everybody understands where this beautiful accent of yours comes from. Are you Kiwi or are you Aussie? I'm Kiwi, living in Aussie, but always Kiwi. So do the Aussies give you a lot of crap for being uh, Kiwi? Do they give you nah, sheep Kiwi, jokes? Nah, we beat them at rugby all the time, so they've got nothing really to give me crap about. Oh, because of the rugby. You don't get any <laughs> sheep jokes? Come on. Oh, yeah, get a, get a few, but, you know, you just got to laugh at yourself and they kind of just give up then. I think that's what I love about Kiwis and Aussies is they have this incredible <laughs> ability to laugh at themselves. Yeah, like they, they're like, you're sheep fuckers. I'm like, yeah, it's contagious, <laughs> but why not, you know? Great. Now this is going to get explicit rating, but it's totally true. <laughs> so it's morning time there. I'm just going to ask you, like, how did you start your day? Did you go for a surf or did you get a coffee? Yeah, I usually get up and go for a surf and then grab a coffee. I did it this morning. I checked it and it was pretty small. So I just went and grabbed the coffee. I'll try and get out for a wave at lunchtime or something. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking your morning from me. Uh, just so everyone knows, you know, how I, I explained a little bit about one wave is all it takes, but you know, how did you get this wild idea to start a nonprofit or not? It's not even, is it a nonprofit? 
Yeah, One Wave's a non-profit. Okay. So, it's, yeah, it's a non-profit surf community. Um, so, yeah, One Wave's a non-profit surf community. It's about tackling mental health issues with a simple recipe of saltwater therapy, surfing and fluoro. So, really, it's just about getting as many people in the ocean so we can help them free the funk and get as many people talking about mental health because it's such an invisible thing. It's such a tough thing to talk about. And, yeah, how it started, it's a pretty long story for me, but... um. The short of it is that, like, I suffered from mental health issues for quite a few years, like, in my 20s, but I had no idea what they were because, like, how are you supposed to understand something that doesn't get talked about? So, you know, I kind of just thought there are ups and downs that you go through in life. I didn't think it was depression, didn't think it was anxiety. Um, So I just kept on keeping on, as you do. You know, I grew up playing footy in New Zealand, so you kind of don't really talk about injuries unless it's like a broken arm or something. So, but then it was about five years ago. I actually was in Mexico for work on a tequila. Um, I was doing marketing for a tequila company and uh, it was a combination of jet lag and not much sleep from partying and I had the worst anxiety attack. I didn't even know what anxiety was. The worst anxiety attack I ever freaking had and luckily made it back to Oz and finally went and got help and diagnosed with depression first and turns out it was a misdiagnosis. I got put on antidepressants but these antidepressants actually made me feel like the best I've freaking ever had. I felt for so long. I had so much energy, but it ended up being too much. And I had a manic episode during the Australian Open of surfing five years ago. I ended up in hospital and diagnosed with bipolar. So I shouldn't have been put on these antidepressants because they actually sent me to the high end of bipolar. And yeah, like my world came crashing down. I thought having bipolar, I thought my life was over. I thought, you know, people were going to treat me differently. I thought I wouldn't be able to get a job again, thought I wouldn't be able to get a girlfriend. And um, when I got out of hospital after like 10 days of mental health ward, I moved back home to New Zealand and all I did was freaking surf. Like, it's uh, honestly the only thing that got me out of bed in the morning because the easiest thing when you're struggling is just to sleep. But I was, I could stand in the ocean for hours and I remember catching this wave one day and it was like the first time I'd smiled in so long and actually felt it. And that's where the one way to do it takes message come from. You know, I just want to share that recipe of getting the ocean surfing to help people get through a tough time and the other thing I found is that I just decided to tell people because I was like I'm going to have a really shit life if I don't tell my friends that I have bipolar so started telling a couple of my closest mates and I found out some of my best mates had also suffered from depression anxiety never told anyone so from that day I thought maybe if I shared what I'd been through and this recipe of surfing and it's okay not to be okay Maybe it could help people and maybe it might prevent people going through what I did in terms of ending up in hospital if we got them help early. So that's where the kind of inspiration for me behind One Wave came. So it was through a tough time, but actually trying to help people actually helped me get through a really shitty time as well. Well, that's awesome. It's such a heavy story. I've, I've heard it before for those of you listening for the first time. I mean, it took a lot of courage to do what you did, Grant, to, to go get help. And then to actually tell people about it. So the first time you told someone you had a mental health issue, do you remember being completely freaked out or, or how did that happen? How did you get the courage? Yeah, I told a mate out on the surf, my best mate, and I kind of told him out on the surf and I'm kind of like, well, I can kind of like tell him and hopefully just catch a wave in. And then by the time I freaking got out the back, like, you know, hopefully he's okay with it. You know, hopefully he's good. Um, and he just gave me a massive hug and said, man, like, thanks for telling me. Like, he's just like, I've got your back no matter what. And you know what? Every person I've told, I can't think of one person I've told that has done any different. Like, and that's what I want to share because we're so afraid that if we tell people we've 
got a mental health issue, they might treat us differently and think it's a weakness. But when you open up to them, it's the freaking complete opposite. Like people just want to be there for you and they actually appreciate you opening up because a lot of the time people have got their own battles and that allows them to share their, you know, tough times as well. And it, we can all get through it together rather than going through it alone. So, so then you started this organization, I mean, which started with maybe a few people and it's become this huge movement. So how did the first time you, you went surfing in fluoro start? And fluoro is yeah. fluorescent, for those of you who don't know. It means they actually surf oh, yeah, in neon, bright neon. neon. Neon surfing. Yeah, so when I finally recovered, I kind of probably took six months I spent in New Zealand just surfing and just trying to, you know, find out what the recipe was for me to manage having bipolar. And because my dad has bipolar as well, so just spent a lot of time like, hanging out with mum and dad and just trying to, like, get back um, so that I could manage it myself. Um, and then I moved back to Australia and I had this idea for one wave and um, I knew it was going to be a non-profit surf community. I knew it was about getting as many people in the ocean and talking about mental health. I just, but I knew it had to be something pretty weird and out there to get people talking about it because I'd surfed for years and it still didn't help start conversations about mental health. So it was um, one Friday morning, um, I decided to dress up in, a, in a, like a business suit so I thought maybe if I dressed up in a business suit and went surfing, first of all, I just love doing stupid shit and dressing up. But you are I, thought, <laughs> I thought if I dress up in a business suit, uh, you know, like instead of my normal black wetsuit, it might get people asking questions about mental health. And I ran down and a lot of people laughed at me. A lot of people thought I'd come from an all-nighter in town. Um, but it was this one guy out there who, you know, like asked me, while I was dressed up and I shared my story and he shared a story about having depression. He would have been his mid fifties dude. Um, you know, I looked like he'd surfed his whole life and he opened up about having depression, never told anyone. And, uh, there was two blokes sitting in the surf, you know, usually how you go surf and you kind of say, what's up to people, but like, you know, Hey, how's your weekend? You know, getting a few fun ones, but you'll never usually like have a proper combo. Um, unless it's your mates. And we had this combo about mental health and I thought this is all it takes. I called it a one-way board meeting, and if this is all it takes is me dressing up in ridiculous stuff, then I'm going to do it every Friday morning until I fucking can't run down anymore. And then luckily, the next week, I was joined by a buddy, Joel, and I'd never met before then, uh, another guy, so there was three of us, um, and then next week, there was 10 of us, and the week after, we decided to change it to Fluoro Fridays or, or Neon Fridays because, you know, Fluoro, it makes people happy, the bright colours, but it makes an invisible issue visible, and... Yeah, just kind of we've been lucky that there's been people around the world that have started at different beaches and it's just growing through there. So, yeah, it started with me and my mate Sammy with the idea and luckily there's a bunch of other people who love dressing up and passionate about mental health in the ocean. So now there's a one wave. There's Floral Fridays in, in how many countries? In how many beaches around the world? There's been Floral Fridays around over 100 beaches in over 20 countries, yeah, that have run at least one Floral Friday. 100 beaches in 20 countries. That's incredible. And just so you know, I've been to a, a, a Bondi Beach Floral Friday, no, a Manly Beach Floral Friday, and it was incredible. People were wearing onesies that were just decked out in fluoro with lions on them, and you gave me that one onesie that's just incredible. And it's so cool to see so much brightness to such a dark topic. And I think what's so interesting is, Grant, when I met you, I'd never talked to someone about mental health issues. And this was a couple years ago. My buddy 
Mark Kelly, who owns Global Surf Industries, said, hey, Shelby, you've got to check out. We were living in New Zealand, and we'd come down to Australia for work, and we were staying with Mark, and he said, you've got to check out these guys from One Wave is All It Takes. And I showed up at the beach, and there were so many people, and it was this fun, full-on surf session, and people were asking, like, hey, what are you guys doing? And um, when you tell people you're surfing to raise awareness for mental health, everyone has a story. And, and you know, today, so many people have that story Grant, and they're, they're open to sharing it. So I just want to thank you because especially in the sport of surfing, I'd never heard anybody talk about mental health issues, you know, five years ago. No, no, thank you, Shelby. It's so amazing just to sit down, um, you know, and share stories with you. And um, I've met the most amazing people because I think once you just can be real and just share like how, how you're actually feeling, like it just makes life so much so much easier and so much more fun, you know, because you don't have to put on that fake smile and shit, life's like hard sometimes. So it's good to be able to like share that with people, you know, so you can kind of help each other out. No, I think that's such a good message. And, you know, I'm just curious, are there any stories from people who have done one wave? Um, There's an organization I did a, a podcast on with called the November project. And it's basically these free fitness workouts that people show up to, on Mondays and Wednesdays, and there's this huge message of positivity, and there's been all these success stories that have come out of it from people losing weight to getting married to just completely changing their lives. So I'm wondering, you know, has there been any stories from people who've gone to a one-wave event and just it's changed them somehow? Yeah, we've met some incredible people. We um, One of the a couple of really stories that stick out um, – so one, there was a girl in New Zealand, and she um, suffered from eating disorders. And she had, so she hadn't been to a Fluoro Friday before. She's just skimming through Instagram, and she saw all the bright outfits. Left, and she's like, "Shit, that looks so much fun!" And then she read about what it was about, and about you know supporting people going through mental health issues, and just talking about it. And she's like, "Oh, there's actually people out there that that care," you know. And she's seen doctors, like she's in countless doctors, but she'd struggled to find someone that actually like really helped and that she could connect with and so she read this and then she actually started dressing in a fluoro wetsuit like every week and going surfing by herself and then she so i'd be messaging her on facebook and just going back and forth and like we've just been like having really really good chats um and then she messaged me to say one day that like she'd like she'd beat it and managed to like beat her um eating disorder and that was not just because of one way it was a whole combination of things but it had given her the confidence and hope. And then we invited her to come over um, and talk at the One Wave third birthday. So she, there she was, a girl who, you know, like was really going through a tough time um, and dealing with, you know, confidence issues, standing in front of 700 people at Bondi Beach, sharing her story. She talked about, um, you know, how she thought about taking her life and the problems with eating disorders. And then how, like, you know, the community and surfing and fluoro was, you know, part of the recipe for her beating that. So that was, yeah, that was the time for me when I'm like, holy shit, like, this is a girl that hadn't even been to an event and that's how the community helped her. And then there was another girl who, she was from the UK, she'd heard about One Way Fluoro Fridays and she'd come over here, she'd been dealing with really tough times and it was a Thursday night and she actually tried to walk into the ocean with rocks in her pocket and take her life and then... Mm. It was, it was like a real crazy night, like a big storm. And then she thought, if I can just make it through to Fluoro Friday, maybe like there'll be people that care. And she luckily made it down the next day. Um, and, you know, we still gave her a massive hug. And 
two weeks later, she got up in front of 70 people and shared that story. And that was like, she said like one wave in Florida saved my life. And um, we were just like, holy shit, this is, this is why we do this for, you know, like all these tough times that we've been through, like this is, this is what it's all about. You know, if we can try and, we said at the start, if we can just save one life and that's, that's what we do it for. So. Grant, you've saved so many lives and probably lives you don't even know. You know, doing this kind of work takes a lot of energy and you have to take care of yourself as well. Are there any lessons you've learned that, you know, maybe you could give advice to other people who want to start a nonprofit to help someone that you learned along the way that you wish you had known when you started? Yeah, I think um, if there's something you're passionate about, if you want to, you know, if there's something that's happened to you and you want to help others, you want to share that experience, just just do it. You know, I think helping people is is the best thing ever. It's the best feeling ever. I think without starting one way, I would, I still struggle. Like I, I'll have bipolar for life probably, you know, but um, I have ups and downs like everyone, but if I didn't have one wave, I'd be struggling big time because it's turned something that I was like, I was angry about it. You know, I'd kind of done a lot of stupid shit. I'd kind of quit my job, broken up with a girlfriend and I was manic, but having one wave to focus on, it gave me something positive along with surfing. It gave me something to get up every morning and focus on. And I've met the best people from doing that. So I feel like if there's something you're positive, if there's something you're passionate about, um, just start it. You know, I didn't think I'd have time to do one way, but it's amazing how much time you can make when it's something that you're passionate about. But in terms of lessons, I think don't forget to look after yourself. That's the big thing I've learned. You know, I pretty much, I was balancing a full-time job with starting one way, and I'd come home at night and work till midnight and get up. And I was kind of starting to miss out on going for surf in the morning because I was so tired. Um and so I kind of learned after a while, like if, if you're not kind to yourself, it's pretty hard to be kind to others. So don't forget. I think the biggest lesson for me is don't forget to look after yourself because, yeah, you can help as many people as you want, but if you're not helping yourself, it's pretty hard to um, it's pretty hard to be happy. That's really good advice, Grant. Thank you. You know, the even at your beaches, like Bondi, there's there's not just like 10 people who show up on a Friday. It's like hundreds, 200, 300 people go surfing. It's incredible. What what are kind of some of the keys or things that you think made one wave take off? Was it other people? Was it Instagram? Like what are some of the things that really helped catapult the organization? Or was it certain certain press articles that came out about it? Yeah, first of all, I think it's because um, obviously mental health, no one talks it's hardly been talked about it before. And I think using surfing, it's a fun way of doing it. You know, it's like not just saying, oh, come down as a mental health support group, but saying come down um, and surf in fluoro. And then when they get down there, they hear the reason why. And I think like anything, if there's, if there's a strong reason why and there's a story to be shared, then people, you know, like are super passionate about it. So when they get to the beach and they're fluoro, then we sit in a circle called an anti-bad vibe circle. And then, we share stories about, you know, why we dress in for about personal mental health, you know, challenge we've faced. And when people hear that, they're like, oh, so there's other people that have felt just like me. So I think making it fun, but also making sure people do understand the seriousness of the issue, but doing it in a fun way. So I think the fluoro, everyone who doesn't love surfing, I think, you know, making it with surfing and making it fun Um and focusing on community has been a big thing for us. So we said, first two years, we didn't, we just kept it non-profit community. We said, we're not going to take, we never take donations at Florida Friday. That's one of the rules. We're like, 
We want people to come down and give up their time and be part of a community rather than um, donate. So for the first two years, we didn't do any fundraising, which was allow, allowed us to just make it fun and, and focus on building a community. And then other big thing, yeah, social media has been amazing for us. I mean, Instagram, Facebook has helped. Um, a lot of people have found out about One Way through that, and a lot of people started Flora Friday at, at New Beaches because of that. That's so cool. Social media. So social media has been so good for so many things, like getting the word about about one wave. But social media is a tricky thing because, I mean, we both saw that story about Instagram and how it causes mental health issues. So how do we, what's your advice to people on how to handle social media? Yeah, I think it's in doses, hey. Like, I think there are a lot of positive things. Like, you can read stories on social media that, you know, inspire you. And I think um, it's, it's helped us and it's helped people share their stories, which is a good thing. Um, it's relying on it. That is the bad thing, I think, for me. You know, you can find yourself skimming through from Instagram to Facebook to your emails to Snapchat. And when you there's no hits, like you're getting no likes or there's nothing new to look at, you're kind of like, shit, I've got this time on my hands. And I think it stops us thinking about the big things. It's like when we talk it through a Friday, we ask people, so when's the time when you actually feel the most relaxed and you can feel like you can just stay in the present moment? And they'll say surfing, they'll say yoga, they'll say meditation. So it's time away from their phone. And I feel like we don't get much time. We struggle just to be there and sit still and have time to think now because we rely on our phones for something to always be happening. It's like self gratification that we always need some love coming at us, which is you're not gonna you're not gonna get that in the real world in terms of at work. You're not gonna get your boss isn't gonna tell you every five minutes that you're doing a good job, you know, in relationships. So I think it, it's like a soul we kind of rely on it and it's kind of like it affects our mental health big time. That's that's really great advice. What's something that you say a lot at One Wave gatherings that really resonates with the crowd? Like, what's one of those messages that you you repeat that people really get and love? Uh, I think the one that that helped me a lot is it's okay not to be okay enough for help. I grew up thinking, and this is my own thing. No one told me this that you had to be happy all the time, and being sad meant that you weren't grateful. Because for me, it looked like you know I. I have the best family, best friends, and, you know, like have grown up having a really good life. I felt being sad, you're kind of ungrateful. So we just let people know it's it's not realistic to be happy all the time. Like that's, that's such a hard thing to achieve. So it's okay to struggle. Like it's okay to ask for help. So we just let people know, like, look, everyone has a story. Everyone's battling, you know, find a battle you know nothing about and, let's just talk about it and let's help each other get the help you need. Like one way we're not saying we're going to cure it. We just want to share our recipe of surfing and being in the ocean and talking about it. And we want to direct people to how they can get help. So we'll basically let people know that, look, the best, a good place to go if you are struggling first up is to go see your local doctor. They can put you on a mental health plan and recommend whether you need to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. We'll give them the lifeline numbers. So we're just about starting that conversation and helping them get the help they need. That's that's great. Um, you know, what so many people know, probably everyone listening knows someone who has a mental illness or maybe they're struggling themselves. What What advice can you give to people who know someone with mental illness? Like what should they say? What should they do? 
Yeah, so there's probably two things. Like if you know someone is struggling, so you've noticed it, like half the time you probably, a lot of time you probably don't notice it, but if you do notice it, honestly, like sometimes we think we have to fix it. It's human nature, but with mental health, it's a hard thing. If they're opening up and if they've told you that they're struggling, that is like a massive thing and that's the first step to getting better. So if they've told you they're struggling, honestly, just listen. Like give them a hug. Don't. You don't even have to say anything. Like, just be there and listen and just say, hey, look, have you have you felt like this before? You know, have you had these feelings before? And if they say they have and just say, well, what did you do? Did, is there anything like that you did last time that helped? And just let them talk it out because they've probably been hiding that for years. And if they're talking it out, that's a massive thing. I call it like freeing the funk. And then ask them, you know, have you been and talked to a doctor? You know, have you talked to anyone about this? And if they say no, just say, look, you know, could I, would you come with me? Like, could I take you to a doctor? And they might say no. And you can't force them to do that. It takes, you know, like, it, for me, it took me getting to hospital before I said I really need help. So you can't force them. But if you are, like, really worried, if you think they might take their life, this is a hard thing to do, but ask them and say, have you considered taking your life? Like, are you thinking about taking your life? And if they say, I have, or yes, then call the police or call Lifeline or the emergency number in the U.S. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but um, people have called an ambulance on me before and I've been taken to hospital because of that. Um, you know, I wasn't, didn't say I was going to take my life, but they were worried about me. So it's hard. I think that just be there for them. But if you are worried, don't be afraid of making the call because that could save their life. Yeah, that's that's probably the hardest thing to do. My mom's a social worker in, in the United States, and she said if anybody ever threatens their life, you have to call 911. That is your, yeah. you have to do it. You know, in Australia, it seems, and New Zealand, both of them, mental health seems really, the awareness is, is really prevalent. I saw signs and posters in the bathrooms all over Australia and New Zealand. Are you okay? Get help. It, it seems like uh, it's pretty progressive there in terms of, the healthcare provided for mental health. I don't know if the U.S. is totally there yet or not. I don't know. Have you noticed any differences between countries? Yeah, the mental health system in Aussie is screwed. To be honest, like the <laughs> the like it's um awareness is starting to increase, but the suicide rate since I we started one way, but it was like six people a day. Now it's at eight. Because um, the world is like it's so complicated at the moment, and like. So I've had, I think awareness is good and there's lots of positive things happening, but there's a real breakdown in the system. It's taken me like, I've seen, so I've walked out of countless number of psychiatrist appointments because I'm like, you just don't get it. Like you haven't, have you been through bipolar? And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, see you later. Um, Because they just don't get it. I'm lucky I've found a really good doctor, but I find there's a real break in the system because once you say you need help, you might it might take you three or four doctors to find a good one, and for some people that they can't deal with it that long, or it might take you three weeks to get them to see a psychiatrist, and then if they're bad and they charge you four hundred bucks, you've got to wait another two or three weeks. So I feel like the awareness is increasing, but there's a real break in the system between that because people are it's probably taken them years to say they need help, and then when they get help, if it's not right it takes so long to find the right one. So yeah, I'm, I've had really bad experiences with the health system. That's something that's why I'm so passionate about one wave and just helping people try and find the right help quicker. Cause yeah, it's a, 
it's something that like the government needs to fix. I'm sure it's the same in the States. It's like, it's the biggest killer of young people and it just doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, I don't I don't totally know what the system is like in the United States. I just interviewed a guy whose wife um, experienced bipolar and had extreme manic phases and had to go to the psych ward. His book is great. It's called My Lovely Wife in the Psych Ward. He's one of our episodes, Mark Lukic. And um, I, I think he had some luck with some places and other places were really hard. So maybe that's a universal thing. Like mental health across the world isn't perfect, but we are beginning to talk about it. And I think that's that's at least the good thing. And there's places like One Wave where now it's like normal for surfers to talk about mental health issues, which is so awesome. So you've done so much, you know, because you are so busy and, you know, you struggle with bipolar or you experience it at sometimes. Do you have any daily rituals, or things that you try to do every day to kind of stay on track and and take care of yourself? Like are the things you do that that really help you with self-care? Um, a big thing for me is, is surfing. You know, I try and surf every morning. Like I know if I surf in the morning, a day is so much easier. It's just, just like whatever comes at my way, um, comes my way that day. It's just so much easier to deal with. So if I can surf in the mornings and for me, it's just, it's just talking about stuff. Like if I'm struggling, I used to kind of bottle it up and, and hide it and, you know, thought I had to be happy all the time. But now if I'm struggling, I talk to I'll talk to my mom, talk to my dad and, and talk to my mates. And if I am struggling, it just kind of makes things that little bit easier. So I try and squeeze into um, try and do a bit of training. Like I try and do a bit of yoga and try and do a bit like of um, this kind of like group fitness training in Aussie F45 classes just to kind of mix it up a bit. F45, that sounds kind of fun. What is that? It's just like a circuit class. It goes for like 45 minutes and basically it's just a group of people and some freaking some uh, <laughs> kind of some tunes and you're kind of just rocking around doing the circuit. So it's pretty hard. You kind of leave in a freaking your big sweat. So it's kind of, for me, um, trying to keep fit um, keeps me in a way more positive frame of mind if I'm trying to, if I'm doing fitness, especially if, I, if the surf's not good. Yeah, there's actually a ton of these group circuit type workouts going on in the States as well. And group fitness is is bigger than ever. There's an organization called the November Project. That's the one I was talking about earlier, or that you have to talk, you have to check it out. So it's like these free fitness group workouts and they're really hard, but they you give everyone hugs and it's it's pretty cool. There's there's a lot of synergy, I think, with what you're doing and what they're doing. Oh, check it out. Yeah, check it out. So if you could go back, Grant, and tell your 15-year-old self one thing, I'm guessing your 15-year-old self was pretty rambunctious and fun. But knowing what you know now, what would you tell your your kind of high school 15-year-old self? I'd probably tell me um, surf like John John, and then <laughs> I'd, yeah, I wouldn't have to go to the office or I could just go around surfing would be good. Um no, I'd tell myself to – the biggest thing is probably it's okay not to be okay. Um, you know, just to, that you don't have to be happy all the time and that it's okay to it's okay to do stupid shit and stuff up sometimes, you know, just to – but I think you can't – it's really hard. You know how you – it's not until you experience something that you learn that. Like if I was to tell myself that back in 15, I think that's the thing with mental health It's really hard to understand it unless you've been through it. So I think if I told myself that when I was 15, I still wouldn't know what it meant. I wouldn't know what it means. Yeah. 
So sometimes you have to experience stuff. And I think for me, you know, like going through this time has been the toughest thing ever, but at least I know I have bipolar now. And if I didn't go through that, I probably would still be battling and hiding it and not knowing. So, yeah, when I go to schools, I do talk at schools and that's what I pretty much talk to the kids about and say, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay to be different. You know, it's all about finding your way to free the funk, you know, when you're just not feeling it, when you're feeling a bit down, when you kind of feel like you're stuffed up a test or stuffed up a footy game. It's just like, what do you do that makes you feel good? And another thing I talk about is like, you know, even if you can't to the, get to the beach, I think everyone has their surfing. You know, what's your surfing? Is it music? Um, is it playing footy? Is it running? You know, like, what's that thing that you do that makes, you know, things that little bit easier and put a smile on your face and just focus on doing more of that? I love that you're talking in schools because I imagine kids absolutely love you. I mean, you're a cool surfer guy, good looking. You wear crazy clothes. And I heard you're now speaking at corporations as well. Is that, is that true? Yeah. So we've been doing talks at corporates probably for the last two years. Anything from banks to, um, yeah, like we do talks at banks to beverage companies to uh, any companies we can get the chance, we'll just go in and do a talk at lunchtime, like for about half an hour, and we'll share the one-way story and we'll break them out into groups and get them talking about how they free the funk and we'll finish with some meditation exercise. And we've had people in companies like open up and have people in tears and share their story with their workmates who they've sit next to for years and had no idea that they were going through anxiety and depression. And it's just we dress them up in Hawaiian lays and that makes it a bit more fun and breaks down the barriers and, yeah, they open up and then now at work, they, we've had um, at Kellogg's, one of the managers shared their story about her, his daughter being in the hospital, which was so, so sad. But then after that, at every board meeting, once a month, he'd give an update on how she was doing. Oh. And that's like, yeah. And that went from no one talking about it to like in their management meeting there, actually, he was given an, he was a marketing director and given an update on how his daughter was. And it's like, that's how it should be. You know, it's no different to someone going through cancer or any other illness. You know, it should be like that where people can, you know, like provide that support that people need. I'm so glad you're taking this message to corporations and all over the world because I know you've been covered by the BBC and the prime minister has come out and you, you guys have gotten so much press, but it is so well-deserved. And I just want this message to keep growing. You did, you did share one thing last time. Do you have TV or no TV? Oh, no. So basically when I was going to start one way, I was talking to my buddy who started a charity called Live More Awesome in New Zealand, Jimmy, which is about raising awareness of mental health by going out and doing awesome adventures and things. And I said to him, like, man, I'm not sure if I've got time to to start this, you know, because I'm working full time and I get home at night and I train and surf. I don't have much time. This is like, do you watch TV? I'm like, oh, yeah, probably like an hour maybe a night. He's like, well, just stop watching TV. You know, like, is that making you feel good? And I'm like, no, nah, not really. So I haven't owned a TV since. And I use that time to focus on setting up the social media for one wave and then kind of, like, yeah, I use that time now for one wave. And it's so much more positive because I feel like you spend half your time on your phone. So if you spend the rest on TV in your spare time, it like doesn't really teach me much, you know. So I just spend that time on one wave. I still watch the odd. Uh, I'll still plug in my laptop. Uh, I still watch surfing and stuff on my laptop. I, I do too. We, we plug in the WSL <laughs> contest all the time. That's the only thing though. And then sometimes there was a show called Girls in the United States and I kind of binge watched. Is it on today? Is it surfing on in Fiji? Today? I, didn't, I haven't checked it yet. I don't know. I, I haven't gotten the update yet, but 
That's pretty distracting. Thanks for telling me. Are there any books that you love or recommend or has really helped you through your life? Um, yeah, the the first one I read, actually, my mum and dad placed it on my bed when I was struggling a bit. Like, they didn't, that's the thing, like, mum and dad tried to get me to go get help, but with mental health, you can't force people, you know. I was like, no, nah, I'm sweet, I don't need help. So they could only, even though dad has bipolar, you can't force, it's really hard to force people to go get help with mental health. Um, so they left a book on my bed, and it's called All Blacks Don't Cry, and by a famous all-black winger, the rugby player called John Curlin. And he was my hero growing up. And he openly came out and said he'd suffered from anxiety and depression. He actually had panic attacks or anxiety attacks when he was playing during the biggest all-black games. And I read that. I was like, if he can go through that, like, he's like my hero and he's a rugby player and he's like, you know, like a bloke. And um, if he can go through that, then maybe it's okay for me. And that was the first time I started reading it and going, Oh, I've actually felt like that. And cause you don't talk about mental health. I had no idea that those, the feelings of tightening in your chest and kind of feeling like you can't breathe, you know, like anxiety was actually a thing to do with your mental health. I thought that was just a problem saying that was wrong with me, you know? And I, yeah, that book like changed the way I thought about mental health and it made me feel not alone, you know, and it made me feel okay about, saying, actually, mum and dad, I do need some help with this. Like, I can't do it on my own anymore. And so that, yeah, that changed my life. He's done more for mental health and, and the awareness of depression in New Zealand than anyone else I know. So, yeah, that was a massive one for me. All Blacks Don't Cry? Yeah, All Blacks Don't Cry. Okay, and All Blacks is, is the rugby team in New Zealand. <clears throat> the one actually, that does America's the haka. We're in the final against, um, actually, we just won the final, the America's Cup to go up against Oracle, I found out this morning. That's awesome. I mean, you're rugby team. You guys are rugby legends. So if you could, let's not, so usually I ask if you could fly an eco-friendly plane across the sky and it could read one message to the world, what would it say? But we'll, we'll just say, what's the message on your surfboard? What's the message on my surfboard? Yep. That you want to give to the world. That one way that all it takes is actually on my surfboard. Um, there's a message on there and that's basically... <laughs> Like, it's not saying you paddle out there and just catch one wave and come in, or it's not saying that every surf you catch that one wave, but there's always that, you know, you catch that wave and it's like the one you can't stop smiling, the one that, you know, gets you out of bed and running down to the surf in your wetsuit. Uh, and that's why that's why I surf, you know, that one where, like, you just can't stop smiling and that's, that's what one wave is all about. It's just giving people the chance to catch that wave and to, to get that feeling. Grant, thank you so much for sharing. I love your story. I love what you do. Where can people learn more, check out One Wave is All It Takes, and where can they find one near them? Um, so if you head to the One Wave is All It Takes website and head to Instagram and Facebook, One Wave is All It Takes, and we list all the beaches that are running for Fridays. And if you want to start one at anywhere in the world, we'd love you to start a for Friday. All you need to do is run down in your Neo outfit, in your neon outfits, um, you know, sit in a circle at start, share some stories about mental health, and you can start one in a few days. Just flip me an email, grant at onewaveisallittakes.com, and we can jump on Skype, and I can talk you through kind of how it works, but super relaxed and super easy to get going. Awesome. And I used to lead One Wave is All It Takes Floral Friday sessions in La Jolla. And actually, we're looking for someone to help lead One Wave Floral Friday sessions in San Diego. So if you're listening to this, you want to start one, you're in San Diego, 
message me or message Grant and we'll get you set up. Grant, thank you so much for sharing your wild ideas with me. Thank you for sharing your story about mental health with so many people and saving so many lives and for just being you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being you. Thanks for being a legend and thanks for um, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this show. If you know someone who has an issue with mental health or you're struggling yourself, please talk to someone. Please get help. No, you are not alone. You can check out the website nimh.nih.gov for resources and information in the USA. If you want to learn more about Grant and what he's up to at One Wave is All It Takes, you can check out them online, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. I'll have links in the show notes. And if you want to join a chapter or start one, we're actually looking for someone to head up San Diego. You can email Grant for any location at grant at onewaveisalltakes.com. You can also message me. If you liked this podcast and you like listening to other podcasts, I've come across a few great shows. One is She Explores by Gail Straub. It's a great show for women who appreciate the outdoors and it's tightly edited, so easy on the ears. Another great show about adventure is Willow Belden's. Her podcast is called Out There. She's also an amazing editor, so it's really, really great to listen to. And if you're like me and you like to think about the environment, there's an eco-fashion one called Conscious Chatter by my friend Kestrel, who's also from San Diego. Thank you again to Toad & Co. for sponsoring this show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you so much for writing reviews on iTunes and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Wherever you are in the world, don't forget some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. We'll see you next week. We have Cyrus Sutton coming on. Mm-hmm.